Welcome back to Farmland. This week's programme brings us news from the IFA. We catch up with tillage farmers in Kilkenny and continue with our how-to series. Coming up on this week's show, we ask farmers at the Chagas National Tillage Conference how they got on with their winter sowing. We will be finding out how to test colostrum and tube feed calves. And finally, Tim Cullinan outlines his plans as the new president of the IFA. In the midst of what has been a difficult sowing season on tillage farms, I caught up with farmers at the Chagas National Tillage Conference to see how much planting is actually done and what farmers' plans are for spring. So we're here this morning at the Chagas National Tillage Conference at the Lyrat Estate in County Kilkenny. We caught up with some of the tillage farmers to find out how this season is shaping up. How are you getting on? Are you tillage farming at home yourself, are you? I'm doing a small bit, yeah. yeah. How much of your winter cropping area did you get sown last year? None. None. And uh, what crops do you plan on sowing in place of them? We just spring barley. Maybe a few beans, but probably just spring barley. And do you think uh, incomes will be hit as a result of last autumn? Oh, they will, yeah. They will. They will. Not so much for me, maybe, but with lads with more winter-orientated ground, definitely, yeah. yeah. I suppose as the changing of the tree crop rule, has that helped? Uh, it'll take a bit of pressure off, yeah, but I'd say a lot of lads will still look at different cropping options for rotation, point of view, you know. But getting in with likes of beans for winter wheat again next spring or next autumn um, might make too much of a difference. Certain areas it will, certain areas it won't. Yeah, how much of your winter cropping area did you get planted last year? We got it all in, luckily enough. Yeah, we did. We were we were tight, but we, we got it all in all right. Will the tree crop rule, uh, the changing of it, will it uh, have an impact on farmers, do you think? Uh, sure, every little change has an impact, but I'd say at home we should be okay. But uh, it, it'll, it'll certainly have an impact. It'll certainly put a little bit of pressure on people, I guess. But uh, hopefully lads will be able to cope with it. And have you Ford sold any of your grain for next year or have you considered it? Or? We haven't, we haven't, we've considered it, we haven't. We, ha we haven't done it too much to be honest now, whether we should or not. We're always looking at prices and chatting to people but we, we haven't done it this year. And and do you I'm, think not, it, I'm not saying that's right or wrong now. Yeah, do you think it's a good idea to do it or what do you think? Ah, look, I suppose for, for security, I know what a lot of lads do would be forward sell maybe half or 60% or something. You have to be careful not to, if you forward sell it all and the yield comes bad and you, you know, so... Um, but I, I would understand people forward selling a, a percentage of it, and I think that's probably a prudent enough approach. Are you tillage farming yeah, at home yeah, yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much of your winter cropping area uh, did you Only about half it in, yeah, uh, this year, like, you know, so it was just fields that they were just not ready for, they are just too wet to go, we planned to go, just couldn't go, so there was no point in, in mucking in the crop, just waiting the spring, you know. And what crops do you plan on sowing now in place of it? So, I suppose we will plan to sow spring malt and barley and spring beans anyway, so the area will just be increased off that, on the, on the back of that. I suppose the tree crop rule, we were trying to, we would have been a bit outside it, so we might have to talk about spring oats if it hadn't, derogation hadn't been there, but because it is, we're, we're happy enough, like, you know, that we just increase the area of beans and, and malt and barley growth. And have you considered forward selling any of your crop at all? Yes, yeah, about 20% of it forward sold. Um, so, look, we all Try to forward sell some just to lock in a price so you have a bit of I suppose just that you know where you're going before, before the springtime comes like you know so you kind of have that price locked in there you know. How much of your winter cropping area did you get sown? We have it all everything that's on this year so very happy now. And what all did you put in for the winter crop? We have oilseed rape, gluten free oats, wheat and barley. And I suppose that wasn't the case for some farmers why would that be? No, the weather's been very poor now. We um, are just based in Tang and Kildare, very loose, dry soils. So we got it good and we started in time. We were 
one of the first started. We just got lucky to get everything sown. And do you think uh, the changing of the tree crop rule will help farmers? There shouldn't be many farmers that it affects around me because a lot of lads would have got in some wheat and some barley. On our end, anyone growing winter wheat after December, that counts as spring wheat. So you can get your third crop that way. So a lot of diversity will go on this year. People will be looking at other options. So there should be the opportunity to get the third crop in. And do you think forward selling grain is a good idea or have you done it at home yourself? We're on a small scale basis, so we stopped. We had issues in the past where we made a couple of bad decisions. But on a large scale, yes, it is. it does make sense to be forward selling a little bit, especially this year now. Wheat prices are looking very good and I'll see the rapers on the rise. So there is a margin there that people could be selling at a profit, 25%, and covering themselves. Are you a tillage farming at home yourself, are you? Uh, sure, we're doing a bit, yeah. And how much of your uh, winter cropping area did you get planted last year? Uh, I'd say about 20% maybe. So uh, why was it lower than intended? Or? Well, the weather broke and look, we didn't really want to push it in and muck it in, sorry, so we said we'd leave it out now. Um, and what crops do you plan to sow in place of them? Oh, I sure after this week and ear to the ground you'd be tempted for hemp, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't know, we'll see. We got into dairy last year, so reseeding or maize could be an option either. But uh, be a lot of spring barley around, so it's hard to be excited about that as well. And do you think the changing of the tree crop rule will help tillage farmers? Ah, will, yeah. It'll help a lot of tillage farmers, though. Definitely, yeah. A lot of them will be looking towards the, the spring barley, so... Unless you're going for maybe the maize or otherwise, you'll just go in with the spring barley and that's it. I think a lot of wheat was sowed. Like, and, and would you have done much forward selling of grain in the past or would you think it's a good idea? I'm skeptical. It's, it's hard to say with this year, but uh, I don't know about this year anyway. 100%. Fair play. So that's what some of the tillage farmers attending this year's National Tillage Conference had to say about how this season is shaping up. A tough winter for many tillage farmers with planting progress depending mainly on soil type and weather conditions. Next up, Agriland's dairy specialist travelled to Jim Mulhall's farm in County Kilkenny to find out the basics on testing the nutritional value of colostrum and tube feeding a newborn calf. My name is Emma Gilson and we're here in County Kilkenny on the dairy farm of Jim Mulhall. The calving season is beginning to kick off across the country and it is so important that all farmers give their calves the best start in life. To do this, they must ensure that each calf receives at least three litres of colostrum, which must be of good quality within two hours of birth. Hi, my name is Jim Hall. I'm farming on the outskirts of the Kenny City here. I'm farming with my, uh, with my father and uh, I have two children involved in the business here, or they're kind of part-time help here in the business as well. And we're making about 180 Holstein Friesian cows. Yeah, we test colostrum. Generally speaking, it's, we'll only test if we have a suspicion that it might be up to scratch. Like if a cow gives a, or a cow or a heifer gives a, a large volume of colostrum, well then we're, we just to make sure it's up to the right standard for the calf, we'll just test it using a bricks refractometer. We don't test uh, all, the, all the beasts, but we just make sure that if we have any suspicions it's not good enough, we'll test that. And that's what, and just to make sure that the calf is getting the best possible start. 
The quality of colostrum is highest when collected immediately after the cow calves. One method of testing colostrum quality is using a BRICS refractometer. Using the dropper, take a sample of the colostrum. Place a few drops onto the surface of the refractometer and replace the cover. Look through the eyepiece facing the refractometer towards the light to view the reading. Values above 22% indicate high quality colostrum. I suppose the main focus when a cow calves here is to look after the cow and look after the calf. So as soon as the calf is born, um, we take out the cow and calf. Uh, we'd always separate the calf from the cow for safety reasons. It's something we've started doing in the past couple of years. Just if we want to feed the calf, we'd separate the cow and calf just to eliminate risk. So we'd separate the calf from the cow and from other cows as well and uh, just put the calf in a pen on its own. So we'd make the cow either in the parlour or um, below in the shed with the single milker. We've started in the past couple of years stomach tubing most calves and uh, we've done this for a variety of reasons. We made a lot of mistakes here in the past. Uh, we're not feeding enough of colostrum to calves. We were kind of feeding maybe two, two and a half litres and we were happy enough that the calf is fed. And then we were getting health issues. And, um, and I said it to my vet and we kind of came, he came out one day and we dissected our whole protocol here. And he just said we're not feeding enough, enough of colostrum. Uh, colostrum is the first feed and it sets up the calf. It sets up the calf for life basically because it sets up the immune system. But it's for those first four or five weeks after birth, we were getting a lot of pneumonias, scours, even navel ends. And uh, we traced it back to not feeding off a colostrum because the colostrum is where all the immunoglobulins are from the cow. And even the stuff we used there this morning was, was borderline, it was okay. So it was important to get a volume of that into the calf, like even three litres in that scenario, even though it was a heifer's calf. So we, 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 if we have any suspicions that it's only barely okay, we'll make sure we get four litres in. There's no calf going to drink four litres. So, I mean, we, we use the stomach tube. Most of the time here, we'll use the stomach tube. Uh, if it's a fine big calf, we'll maybe bottle feed. But if we're still not happy that the calf hasn't taken enough in, we stomach tube the rest in. Before using a stomach tube, ensure that it is thoroughly cleaned. Pass the tube over the calf's tongue, applying gentle pressure until the calf swallows. Once the calf's lips reach the red marker, you know that the tube is in far enough. You should be able to feel the tube to the left of the calf's windpipe. Once you are happy with the placement of the tube, allow the colostrum to pass into the calf's stomach. Once the calf is finished, gently slide the stomach tube out of the calf's mouth. Calving season is only getting going, but remember your calves need the best start in life. Good quality colostrum, at least three litres. And remember, if you're unsure about the quality of your colostrum, there's an opportunity there to test it using a BRICS refractometer. Some useful tips there that will no doubt come in handy as calving season gets underway. And finally, Tim Cullinan took the reins as IFA president this week. Agriland's Charles O'Donnell caught up with him at the organisation's AGM to find out what he intends to achieve. We're here at the AGM of the Irish Farmers Association in Bluebell in Dublin. Tim Cullinan has now formally taken over from Joe Healy as president of the organisation. We caught up with Tim to see what his plans are now that his term as president has started. During the, your campaign, one of your main points was farmer unity. What do you propose to bring that about? And have you been in touch with any of the other farm organisations at this point? I haven't been in touch with any of the farm orgs, but um, I absolutely, I spoke about farm unity, and I firmly believe you know, farm unity is critical going forward. You know, I think we need to have one or two voices, you know, which is very essential. You know, we've seen here this morning what we've been discussing. We've been discussing 
cap reform of the 1.8 million coming into the country. I'm looking to get that budget increased to 2 billion. Um, we have Brexit, like we never thought we'd, we'd be here, but like the UK will be left to the EU on Friday evening, so major concern for us. I will be pushing IFA that we have to ensure that our government does everything in its power to ensure that there is a trade deal, so a trade deal that we will be able to get our, our dairy and our beef produce off of this island. So the concern we have is that it will be tariff free. We don't want to end up with WTO rules. And I suppose we have climate change then as well. And you know, we had an excellent conference last week. For now, it's, it's clearly seen now that the science around methane emissions, if there is questions around that, and you know, my job now is to get charges immediately to go back and relook at that science. I mean, because we were hearing for the last year, the only solution here was getting rid of the sucker herd. And I'm clearly saying, I'm clearly saying that's not going to happen under my watch. And would farmer unity help to achieve all that? Of course it would. Like we're talking about in capital loan with two billion a year coming into the country. You can get a, a, a Brexit that goes wrong, which is a major possibility now. We're looking at looking for billions coming in of compensation. So and albeit I'm not forgetting about the beef the beef farmers and the beef prices and the price of beef cattle. At this point in time, definitely the factories should be paying more for cattle. But I think going forward the way I look at it, there's, there's two issues in the beef. You have the short term, but the, the current price issue. We have to look at beef industry going forward. So the long term, and what I want to do is sit down with all the key stakeholders right across that industry. So, and we need to come up with proposals how we're going to deal with the beef industry going forward. Because livestock, livestock farmers are at their wit's end, and uh, we have to do everything in our power to ensure that they can get uh, a living out of livestock farm. Also during your campaign, you mentioned the creation of a separate software committee. Uh, what steps have you taken to bring that to fruition? And how would you go about appointing the members of that committee? I will be sitting down with my new officers committee in the next week or two and coming back to council and all these issues are up for debate. Absolutely, I will be doing all of them over the coming weeks and months. Are there any aspects of the organisation's funding model that you feel may need to be looked at or possibly reviewed? Uh, funding model that is working. You know, we have uh, two forms of funding. We have our membership, which is which is holding excellent. We have 72,000 members, mm -hmm. and we have the levy. And as of for now, that's the way we'll continue to fund the, the association. That's day one under the belt for Tim Cullinan's tenure as IFA president. We eagerly await to see what's in store for him and the IFA over the next couple of years. And that's all for this week's episode of Farmland. We'll see you again next Thursday. Goodbye for now and thanks for watching.